Like when I was new to this school and I raised my hand to answer a question, everyone would stare at me and then it make me nervous. Now I'm the girl that everyone wants to be my friend. <laughs> if she said when school finna be over, she might take all the girls to go get their nails done. I have a friend next door neighbor. Me and her always switches bikes. She's my best friend, and my other best friend is here, and her name is Natia, and she live out there. And this other girl named Samaya, she live out there too. That's my favorite part about it. I want to be a choreography and a basketball player. Last week we was collecting bottles, and whoever collects the most bottles, we get a pizza party. The third grade got a pizza party, but we're not going to have it yet. We're going to have it one day this week or next week. Well, I was thinking I could be a singer. Cause I got a good voice to sing and my parents said I could really be a singer. And like when I come home and stuff, I read the books to my little brother and then sometimes I can switch those words up and turn it into a song. This is a good school and we all been in this school for a long time. I'm veterinarian because I like animals. Like if you need help on it, she takes her time and she, she makes sure that we know it real well. If I need her help, she's always there. And if I get sick, she's always there. I like Lincoln School because they got best, they got great teachers. Hope is a good word because, like, when you want something, you say, I hope I get this or I get that. I want to be um, a lawyer. I like to go get my nails done, so I want to have enough money to get my nails done and get my hair done every day. I like Lincoln School because there haven't been a lot of fights there. I want to be an artist because they make lots of cool pictures that inspire people about making their lives better. I think hope is a good thing because it's like you can um, get something and you'll be able to do something if you're just willing to hope. Hey, Monroe here. So this is the sound of kids who are hopeful. These are kids who now feel safe in their environment. And when that happens, they become excited about learning. So today we take a deeper dive into the school in Lincoln Village, uh, which is Lincoln Academy. But before we do that, I just wanna touch on a couple of things. Mike and I hope that you guys are being impacted by this story like we are. You know, I didn't realize when we started this that it would basically become a mini-series. And although I'm familiar with most of these events, I'm learning so much here. And there are some things jumping out at me, especially in light of all the turmoil and social unrest going on. And so I've just got a couple of observations. Again, these are just observations, but here goes. First, I've noticed that you've got a guy here simply telling his story. He's not yelling or requiring anything or shaking his finger in anyone's face. He's just sharing what God has done in his life. And I hear this story and the feelings that well up in me are wonder and hope and inspiration and a desire to find or continue on the path that God would have me on. The emotions that are strangely missing as I hear this story are anger, bitterness, resentment, division. You know, I sense healing and unity and redemption in these events. You've got people here who are simply going about God's business in their lives, walking the path He's put them on, and the result is real healing and transformation for all involved. 
The second thing is there's clarity and truth because the focus is on the gospel. You can sense that the transformational power comes from Christ and eyes that are set on him. Um, and it causes me, as I hear the story, to reflect inwardly on my life and heart and to ask the question, Lord, what would you have me do? Again, just my observations. A couple of more notes here and we'll dive in. I'm going to jump in and play narrator in a couple of spots in this episode just to clarify a few logistical things that we didn't get to fully explain uh, during the conversation. And just a reminder, for anyone who wants to find out more about our topics today, you can visit lincolnvillageministry.com, songlever.com, and epic2.com. And of course, we'll have all the info and resources in the show notes. So here we go. Let's jump in now to part four of our interview with Mark Stearns. Our teachers know all the kids' names. They greet them in the morning, and they walk them outside and say, bye in the afternoon. And anything they're struggling with becomes a part of their life. Mm -hmm. And so our teachers are very committed. And I can remember one time we were interviewing one of the teachers, and so we were excited about bringing her in. And so, But I remember I walked her outside, and I just looked at her. And I told her, I just said this straight to her. I said, I'm that kid. I'm that kid in the back of the class. I'm the kid that's going to give you trouble. I'm going to interrupt. Tell me you're going to look for me. Tell me. Tell me you're going to look for me. And she looked at me and she said, I promise you, I'll look for you and I'll find you. And that's what our teachers do. They look. They listen for anything. They teach but they look and they listen, and that's a part of healing. You know, when our school was, um, I don't know if this is the right word, accredited or became, so the state came in, you know, um, and they, they, you know, met with the teachers, they met, so there are certain things that you have to do to, to qualify to be, Accredited, And so um, after they met, so they met with the students. So we are not involved in these conversations. So when we met with them, they came back and you could tell they were touched. And there was a common thread that these kids said, and that's what they wanted to tell us. They said, we want to tell you what these children said to us. And it was a common theme in their voice. We feel safe. And when they said that to me, and to the people sitting in the room like Lakshmi and others, um, it, oh, you can imagine what it did to me, because I never felt safe. You have a safe kid, they're going to learn. And so that's, that's what it's like in our school. Um, well, and then we have a preschool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love yeah. babies. So, <laughs> you know, their education starts when they're, Three, really, from the womb, yeah. you know, they're, when they're born. I mean, you start pouring in then, and that's what we're looking to do now. But we have little precious three-year-olds and four-year-olds that are being poured into now. And so that'll impact, you know, the gospel always impacts, and so they're learning about. And so with these kids in our, in our elementary school, in our junior high school, they're learning about the love of God. They, the, you know, it says that our God is our fortress, you know, I love the Lord because He's my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. Those kids need to know that. 
This is who the father is. He mm. loves them, mm. you know? So how old would, if you know this, how old would, say, the oldest kid be, the, the kid that would have been the youngest kid when you first got there? Like, like in other words, some well, of the kids that have, yeah, have 2000, you kept... 2002 is when we got there. Okay. So we're talking about 18 years. Okay. Yeah, so we've seen kids who have gone to college. We've seen kids who... You know, join, who want to join the service? You know, you you know, for us, you know, some kids don't dream, you know, and so you teach them how to dream. I mean, and that's what our teachers do. They, but that's a part of it. You know, I can remember taking ten kids to the lake one time, and I remember we walked in back of the house, and the lake was there, and all these kids stopped on me, and I said, "What's wrong?" And this kid looked at me and he pointed at the lake and goes, what is that? And I went, what is what? And they go, what is that? And I said, are you talking about the water? And they said, yeah, what is that? I said, it's a lake. It's a lake. And they said, this kid said to me, nope, I'm telling you, what's a lake? You don't think kids get stuck, but they do. They get stuck. And then I remember, it was hilarious. I t it's hard to explain the lake, because you can say, it's a lot of water. I mean, I said, just come on, I'm gonna take you on a boat. But I remember before they went, this kid asked me, does it have a suck hole in it? And I said, a suck hole? I said, are you talking about a drain? And he goes, yeah. I said, no, there's no suck hole in it, man. Come on, let's go. So, so what was hilarious was we took them tubing. And so we had them all, I'm telling you, there must have been 20 life preservers. Flinging off, flying oh, yeah, off yeah. everywhere, yeah. And so we got them on tube, and I'm laying on top of them, and we barely kick it out of neutral into drive. We were going so, we weren't even going fast enough to make a wake. I was having to make the wake. I was tilting it back and forth going like this, and these kids were screaming like dogs on fire. And I was screaming back at them, back at them going, no, this is life. You know, this is life. You know, and so we all... Whether it's a teacher, whether it's a field staff, you know, all our friends want to really speak life and truth into children, into parents, you know, because it brings life to their soul. And I know that's what Christ wants, not just to know Him, but to really, you know, if Christ said, I came that you would have life and have life abundantly, you know, we want them to experience as much life here um, as they can, just like we want for our own children. Okay, so when uh, Kathy and I had gotten married and we had kind of reconnected with um, with you guys and what you were doing down there, mm -hmm. um, I was doing this little thing called Song Lever, where we go oh, in yeah. and we teach kids right how to mm -hmm. how to write songs and record and mm -hmm. and really the first official one for me, as you know, was Lincoln. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, one of the things, I mean, which was an unbelievable experience for me, but one of the things about that was, you know. That was the first real legitimate one of those projects I did. I've never had enthusiasm from any other school mm -hmm. like I had there at Lincoln. And mm -hmm. I mean, we've done Title I schools and private schools and, you know, mm -hmm. the whole thing. Yeah. I, I just, there was something about those, the energy and the enthusiasm of those kids wanting to be involved in that, mm -hmm. which was unbelievable. And so, of course, the songs we got, I listen to to this day. I mean, yeah. they're incredible because, you know, and these were, I think, like fourth graders, third and fourth graders. Yeah. 
uh, they're not writing with an agenda. You know, they're not like an adult going, hey, I hope I make money on this. They're, mm-hmm. they're just, they're pouring out what's in their heart. Okay, I want to play a track for you guys that we recorded with the third and fourth graders the first year we did the Song Lever Project at Lincoln. Basically, uh, the way the process works is we teach the kids song structure and how to write lyrics only, and we have them write their tunes. Then we collect all the finished song lyrics, hold a contest, pick the ones that win, and then we complete those songs by writing the music and recording the tracks. Uh, And then we go back to the school and have a big reveal and play the winning songs. Powerful experience for the kids and us too. And if we can, I'll try to write and record something extra um, just for them that they can actually sing on to see what it's like to record a song and hear their voices. And that's what I want to play here. The tune is called Hope Is All Around, and I co-wrote this with my good friend Dale Bowen, whom you've heard Mark mention in the episode. Uh, Dale's also a part of the Lincoln staff and has been one of my best friends for most of my life. And the singer is the amazing Brooke Dozier, whom I've worked with in the studio for quite a few years now. So let's check it out. There really is it's, it's, it's an untapped life. A lot of times, it's something that you tap into. 
And when they see it, and the way you were teaching them was incredible. You brought that out of them. You taught them how to do a song. This is how you do it. This is how you do it. And they want to learn. You know, they want to learn. And so... They did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I want to play one more track. And this one is taken from an original lyric written by one of the Lincoln kids. And it's really powerful. As you listen, you can hear this kid's heart in the lyric. It's called Moving Day. And the lead vocal and amazing guitar work is my friend, singer-songwriter James Parker. And I just want to give a shout out to the other incredible artists who worked with us on this project. uh, Terry McNeil and Steve Knight. And you can hear their work and the other Lincoln tunes at songlever.com. And by the way, that's Terry singing with James on the choruses of Moving Day, uh, which they also co-wrote. Let's listen. Today is moving day. I feel sad and I don't want to play. Leaving my friends behind. They don't think I'm very Because it's moving day This is what I learned is that um, they close the school. And so when they... Let's talk about that for a yeah. second. And so um, the last year um, the school was open. I heard that they were going to close the school. And I can remember going, why? Well, it was a financial deal. And I, you know, and you understood it. But I remember we all talked as a staff and we said, if they close it, God will deliver it to us. And so we believed that. And so they... When they closed it, but when they closed it, we won the Panasonic Award, which is one of the highest awards you can win in the United States. Um, it's for it's out of Columbia University. It's for academic excellence. And I remember they flew our principal and teacher, a couple of teachers, up to New York to receive the award. But again, this is this is what people what happens when people come together to me in the name of Christ and look to Him to be their source and their strength and wisdom, because that's what it takes. Um, So they did close it. 
And I would go by there, and so we moved to a couple other schools, but I would go by there and lift my hand towards it and say, Lord, we need these school. We need this school to, to be with these children. And eventually, we were able to purchase it by God's grace. So it's a private Christian school in this area, and children from the area come to it. And so it's a, you kind of drive up. And the other thing that's great. Oh, is, I think it, it's, it's amazing. I mean, it's real vibrant. You can tell that something special is going on there. Oh, and people say the same thing. When they come and visit the school or the neighborhood, you know what? They sense peace. They, they always say, we sense the presence of God. Mm. And they do. I know they do. Because we do. And I want to say one other thing about the people I get to work with. Um, when we have staff meeting, you know, it's essential for us to come together. And what we've created, and we've really worked hard on this, and not that it's hard to work, but you can get distracted by the work so much, is that Jesus said this, the world will know your mind by the love that you have for one another. We love each other well there. Mm-hmm. And when we, have a, when we have a staff meeting, we don't talk about work. All I say is, where are you with Christ? And each person begins to share. And this place is so safe. They share where they are in Christ, and they share where they are personally. And it is such a it's such a place, such a, a beautiful place to be able to be open up your life and know that you're going to be prayed for constantly. And that's what happens. And you know what else I like about it? There's probably, I would say, 11 different denominations that's on our staff, which, again, that is, I mean, where would you... Where do you see that? That's amazing. And that's the body of Christ. Yeah. Um, we've always talked about, you know, we have Christ in common, and we have the people who work, the poor in common. So if you want to talk about predestination, or if you want to talk about infant baptism, or if you want to talk about those things, then get you a book and go down to a coffee shop and talk about it all you want. We're in a fight. We're in a war here and everybody's fighting. And so what we have people, like I said earlier, is that you, you're single, you're, you have this vision, you have this cause of Christ. And when you get people, there's a great verse that says they walked shoulder to shoulder and nobody broke ranks, and that's what we do. We walk shoulder to shoulder, and I love that. People are so for each other. We don't have little camps or this place is one area is not more important than the other. You know, the Bible says that each person is given a gift to show who God is. Every person that works there has a gift that God has given them to show who he is. And if you can take people, because that's what we'll ask, what is your gift? What do you love to do? And they'll share it. If you place them in those areas where their gift is, they'll grow even more and because that's what God created them to be. And so mm-hmm. we're very sensitive to that. You don't want to put them in a place where they're going to have to work it. You want to put them in a place where they're them, who God created them to be. Like in Psalms 139, I love this. It says this, You, know who, you knew who you created me to be before I became me. Mm-hmm. And that's what we want them to be. So what do you think about when you think about the next, either the next fight or the next 10 years, or what does that look like? 
Yeah, so the great thing is this. For about about three years ago, four years ago, we've always, there's some property that's right up the street from us, and it's the same thing, Mill Homes. And, you know, it was it's a hard place. And so a few years ago, me and a friend began to walk those streets, and we began to pray that God would give us this neighborhood, that He would deliver these houses over to us, and that we would begin to rebuild and bring the kingdom of God in this area. It's just right up the street. Well, our neighborhood's at peace. Behind the school? Oh, I'll go back there and pray. Because <laughs> it's peaceful. <laughs> it says, what does the kingdom of God look like? It's righteousness, joy, and peace. And that's there. But you go up just up the street, and you, then you've got another war that's going on. And the enemy is strong. Um, and so we prayed that God would give us these houses. And so two years ago, um, we purchased 35 more houses. So we have 25 behind the school, and then we just bought 35 more. And so now we're rebuilding. If you go up the streets now, you'll see what the kingdom looks like in the beginning while it's being established. Well, the thing I want to ask Mark is, obviously, along the way at Lincoln Village, people come and and volunteer, and 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 sometimes school folks say, "Hey, this is a great place for my kid to volunteer." Yeah, and and we we work with Christian families trying and schools trying to raise their kids in the way of the Lord. How do you? Uh, promote an authentic service opportunity and and the calling that you have with those students. Say I'm a high school student and I want to start pouring into something like Lincoln Village. Sure. How would you counsel somebody like that, a, a, a student? Well, we have lots of people who want to come from different schools or different cities. From our schools in our area, one of the great things we get to do is we introduce them um, to how it started. So I will usually share how I met Christ and how it began and kind of that kind of introduces them to this to the to the way it evolved. Um, and so when people come to work and like we have high schools there like uh, Randolph. Well, if they come to to work, the first thing they do is they come into a room with me and I share the gospel with them. I share this is this is what the gospel looks like to us, you know. And so I share how I met Christ. And then I say, and this is what the kingdom of God looks like. And so because I want them to know the spirit of what we the why we do this. And so they really get the background of it and they get the sense of why the is that it is a cause. And while they might not see it as a cause of Christ, that's the way we speak into it. Um, that it's a cause, that it's a um you know in Jeremiah, it says, pray for the welfare of your city. And so we bring that up. This is what it means to be, to, to give yourself to the city that you live in and to make it a healthier place. Whether you believe in what I say or not, and that's what I say, you still can pour yourself into, say you want to take on a first grader. Well, take him on. And I go, so you're in 12th grade and you're going to be here. Or say you're, out, you're going to college at UAH or whatever. Why don't you walk with that kid for the next four years? Why don't you walk with that kid as long as you can and pour him to him? And when you leave, get somebody to stay with him. So you begin to 
teach other people how to do what you just did. And so really, when they see something that, that it's that alive, something that's been working for that many years, 18 years, you know, and, you know, we take them around, they see the community. There's something about the, the way the Spirit of God moves on their little hearts that draws them to there. But you have to tell them the story. You have to really introduce them to the, to the struggle, you know, that people face. And that's what they're not so familiar with. And so you have to tell them stories um, that, make, that makes it alive and more real to them and what, the, and what the fight looks like. And so that makes it very real to them. And then going a step further, the folks that y'all hire on for faculty, yeah. you talked about the one story about finding the kid in the back of the room. Mm-hmm. What else do you look for in those those folks that it, it takes a special Absolutely. person Absolutely. to work at Lincoln Village? What else are you looking for? How do you know you've got the right person? Oh, yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, so um, Lakshmi, the executive director, and I, well, we do the interview, and the first question we ask them is we ask them the things that we're looking for is, I want to know, tell me about your relationship with Christ. Tell me how you met him and what that looks like every day. And so they have to really open up to what they're, how they met Christ and how that's transformed their life and how they live that faith out every day. And so that's that's important. Why we offer people to me, anybody, is that relationship that we have personally um, with Christ. And um, no matter how gifted you are, if you're a great teacher, that's fine. But if you don't have a, a real authentic relationship with God, because that's what you really offer the people, the children there, is... And the way I'll explain it is this. I came across a verse back in 1981, I think it was, and I was putting a message together for Young Life. And I came across Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24, and it said, Let not the wise man boast of his wisdom, or the rich man boast of his riches, or the mighty man boast of his might. But let him who boasts boast in this, that he knows me, that he understands me, that I am the Lord God who exercises loving kindness and justice and righteousness. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. And when I saw that verse, I remember saying, I don't know you, I work for you. And so that really changed the direction of my faith. And so I was created. And so I've heard this before. Some people live for God, which is hard. Some people live under God, which is guilt and fear. And then some people live with God. And there's a huge difference. And so we look for that um, language when a teacher is talking, when anybody that we hire is talking, is what kind of relationship do they have with Christ? Because that means everything. That is the starting point. That has to be the reference point up there of what the engine that pulls the train is their relationship with Christ. The next thing we look for is a spirit of humility. The Bible says that God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. You have to bring people in that have a, a, a spirit of humility. That's real important because, you know, um, if they can't, I mean, to be there is a calling. I can tell you that. I mean, nobody comes for the money. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a calling. And so you can hear that in the tone by the way they communicate. What they're saying, you know, Jesus said, what comes from the mouth proceeds from the heart. 
So we listen to them really closely. So that's the thing we look for. The other thing I'll say is this. So this is very, it's an intense interview, I would say. I said, tell me what your gift is. We'll say, what is your gift? And they'll go, mercy or whatever. I'd love to do this or whatever. And then the next thing we said, and then we, we talked about this a while ago. We say, what should we be concerned about? And then it gets real quiet. And I say, let me tell you a little bit about me. I struggle with depression. It used to be really bad. I had to go to a mental Meyer clinic because it got so bad. I'm doing good now, but I have low-grade depression. I struggle with anxiety. Sometimes it's really bad, but I go through seasons that it's not. I have trust issues. I still have them. The remnants of my old life seem to still bother me, so I struggle with trust. And then I would say I have a, a little temper. No, I have a temper. And I know it's in me, and not many people see it, but I know uh, I respect, in a sense, what can happen. So that's me. Now tell me, tell us about you. What do you struggle with? And I can tell you, if they come in light, they're not going to work there. So they, there's a lot of weeping in those interviews. Because some people have hidden for a long time. And I remember in Annie, Annie Lamont's book, she said, you're only as sick as your secrets are. And so people, a lot of times, for the first time, will share their struggles. And if they can do that in a way, then we're gonna, there's going to be a green light. <laughs> but they have to go there because they have to be able to offer kids who say, I'll ask them, well, you know, like kids who have fear or anxiety in their life. I want them to be able not to be to sympathize with them, but I want them to be able to empathize. And there's the big difference in that, that they actually feel what that mom feels or what that child feels. Now, they might not have to go to the exact same thing that they've gone through, but all of us have gone through doubt and fear and frustration. Everybody, nobody gets out of that. And so we want them to be able to really empathize. Great. That's unbelievable. I'm telling you, the Lord has blessed us with wonderful people. He has. And it's something that we pray about all the time. Um, I can't I can't tell you how blessed we are with the people that we have. It is an honor to work with them. It is it is such a blessing to work with them. And when you when you when you come together with a single cause, it's amazing to see how God can move. There you have it. That's it for part four. Don't forget to check the show notes for resources as well as info found at lincolnvillageministry.com and songlever.com. And don't forget about the Epic Friday Five. It's a short email list of things that we find interesting and or relevant during the week that we'd like to share with you guys. It's just our take on some good stuff that you guys can carry into the weekend. Just go to epic2.com, select contact and subscribe. That's it. Also, we're working on our Q&A episode that we want to build around your questions. So if you'd like to hear Mike Zavada address and discuss topics that you are interested in, we'd love to hear from you. To submit, just call 833-GO-EPIC-2 and state your question there. And lastly, don't forget, EPIC has everything your school or organization needs to be your complete remote learning solution. To request a demo and discuss how we can partner with you, please contact anyone from our school engagement team at epic2.com. That's epic2.com. Thanks. We'll see you next time. Mm
If you thought today's episode was enlightening, please pass the word. The Classroom and Culture Show can be heard on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever you get your podcasts. Also, to become a regular listener and receive additional info, please subscribe on your favorite platform today. That's Classroom and Culture from Epic Media Partners. Thanks.